This is the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. You know, that song is just so powerful, and, and there was a segment in there that I was just really focused on, and just kind of talks about, just in my own words, of uh, those times that we mess up, and, and then we realize that God's not finished with us yet. Anybody ever mess up before, besides me? besides Silas and I, <laughs> um, thankfully that we're not discarded onto just the, uh, the waste pile. And thankfully God picks us up, restores us, if we allow Him to, and then uh, He gives us forgiveness and He asks us to leave our sin, just as the woman caught in the very act of adultery he didn't really condemn her, but he said, you need to leave your lifestyle of sin. And then he restores us to himself. And so this morning, as we go into our prayer time, if there's someone here this morning that maybe has messed up this past week and you're feeling you're just down on yourself. And remember, he's not finished with you yet. And so uh, even though he may not condemn you, but he asks you just to leave your lifestyle of sin, come clean, receive forgiveness and uh, walk with Him. And you know, uh, next week, uh, I'm really, really stoked about this. We're going to be starting a new sermon series just entitled, Follow Jesus. And um, just kind of a preview on that before we go into our prayer time. I, I grew up in a Christian home, and it was a good home. My parents were missionaries. And and uh, so I, I grew up kind of with a skewed, and, and it wasn't my parents' fault, but it was just kind of this whole thing that I, I equated Christianity with, uh, you know, Jesus says, do this and do this. You know, read your Bible, pray, and, and go to church and all of that. And that's kind of what I, I, I define Christianity as. But as I've been studying just in preparation for this series, I've, I've realized it's so much more than that. And, and really, whenever Jesus would see people there, what would he say to them? He, he didn't say, read the law. He didn't say, do this. He said, follow me follow me. And, and so I'm trying to have a paradigm shift here as, as I'm growing in my walk with God, but we're going to be exploring what it really means to follow Jesus. But anyway, you know, this morning, maybe as you've messed up this past week and you're thinking, okay, what do I need to do? He, he's just telling you uh, a couple of words, follow me, follow me. Maybe there's someone here that wants to come forward and just pray and pray for yourself or pray for a family member. Pray for a situation or circumstance. But could we just uh, just open our hearts to Him this morning as we pray. Father, I want to thank You for these songs. Thank You for Pastor Darren as He, as he led us in, in our time of music, praise, and worship. Lord, I, I want to just confess to You this morning that it seems uh, maybe the weather has put a damper even on our spirit inside here. And we know you're here, but uh, it, there's just something about the gloominess, the clouds, uh, the, the rain, the thunder that uh, causes us to kind of wish we could have slept in this morning. But, Lord, we're here, and, and I pray, Father, that you would just uh, maybe quicken us, quicken our hearts and quicken our minds. Would you liven us up and not, not just in a form of emotion, but, Lord, that it would be deeper than that, that it would be your presence that would just be speaking to us and, and uh, abiding, that we would abide in you and you in us. And, 
Lord, I, I pray that uh, this morning for those that maybe messed up this past week and, and they're feeling guilty. And Lord, maybe they're not feeling guilty, but they should be feeling guilty. Lord, sometimes we, we sin enough to where we get used to it and, and our conscience is seared and the Bible talks about that. But Lord, whatever it is, I pray that you would help us to come to the realization that, that you're not finished with us and, and you're here to forgive us. And, and you, you don't condemn us, but you want us to leave our life of sin and, and that we would align our lives with you. And, and Father, that the blood of Jesus would just be applied to our sin and we would be cleansed and forgiven and, and given a new heart. Lord, I pray for those that, that this morning that are going through difficulties. We pray for those who are sick and, 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 and for those that have... Uh, uh, you know, suffered things and loss of loved one. Lord, uh, I, I pray that you would give comfort there. Father, I want to just pray for uh, Matt Cross. I pray for Kathy Baker, Dean Moore, uh, Leola Downer, Pearl Bennett, and uh, Cleta Van Tyle. And, and these are just a few uh, in, in in our church family that, that, that are going through very difficult times. And, and I pray for others that maybe we, we can't think of right now. Father, I, I pray that you would just be with the hurricane hurricane victims in 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 texas and 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 the islands and uh lord there are other tropical storms and other hurricanes that are headed towards uh towards land and and i pray that you would just be with with those that have suffered so much and lord as i said before we've our gas has gone up 30 some cents as a result of the the hurricane and we gripe about that but but father that's a small price uh, whenever we understand that there are those that have lost everything they've lost their houses they've lost their cars they've lost their possessions they've lost their keepsakes and some have even lost their family members and and lord i pray for that that you would just be with them right now lord i want to pray for our our missionaries and and we think especially of of, of gabe and eric our own Gabe and Eric and Claire, and and they're headed to the airport in just uh, uh, just a couple of hours to uh, to, to go to Florida be, to be able to get some last minute training. Lord, their countdown there at at 15 days before they leave to be missionaries in Albania, and Lord, they're in that country that is uh, uh, where where Islam is is king and and that's their religion that's their culture i pray that you would even now begin to shine the light of jesus christ and that as they go there in two weeks that that they would begin to have doors open to them and windows open to them to where they could share christ with with others and they would accept it and and they would understand that jesus is the savior of the world and and he is the way the truth and the life and no man can find salvation except through jesus christ Father, I pray for our service today. We're going to open your word and then we're going to come to the table together and partake of communion. And, and I just pray that today you would speak to us, Lord, that we would be changed as a result of our time together. Thank you again, Lord, for allowing us to gather in your house. We love you. And we ask these favors in the strong, the powerful, the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Thank you for coming. You are you may be seated. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks for being here today. Um, you guys made it in and you didn't melt. And uh, I told somebody coming in, I'm mostly made out of duct tape and Bondo anyway, so it doesn't really matter to me when uh, we're raining and doesn't doesn't make you rust. But um it's uh it's a good day to be in god's house and um if if you uh were here last wednesday uh we 
kicked off our full fall program, the life groups, kids clubs, Wednesday night life, youth groups, and uh, bus ministry, feeding the kids, all that stuff. And uh, it's not too late to join one of the Wednesday night life groups. And there are options on the tables in the foyer. Um, you can look at info here in your in your bulletin about that. And if you if you just have questions about it, talk to any of us staff members, and we'd be happy to help you find a life group that fits what you're looking for. Um, there's they're they're doing a prayers and squares quilt, and this is a you know a thing that that they started not too long ago. And the one that they're working on now is for Dean Moore. And uh, it's a thing where you kind of cooperate on a quilt and pray for those who need it. So you can check that out as well. Uh, Gabe and Erica Waite are planning to leave in 15 days. And uh, all the timetables are in God's hands, of course. Um, they were going to go to Florida this month, and then Florida closed this month. Um they were going to do some training, and, and that got canceled. But as far as we know, they're still on track to leave for Albania in 15 days. And that's, I mean, think about that. If in two weeks plus a day you were going to move halfway around the world, um, only taking what you could carry in your luggage with you. And uh, so just imagine the planning and preparation that they're having to do right now um, with a, a rather squirrely four-year-old as well. Um, and I say that because, uh, my son Jack gets along really well with her in their squirreliness. Um, and they make Laura so mad, but, um, the, just the, the preparation that's needed there, let's be praying for them and just maybe write down something that'll help you remember the next couple of weeks, um, every day just to pray for the weights as they get ready to leave. Our offering that we're going to take in a moment, and if Strong Tower would go ahead and come and get ready for the offering in just a moment. Our offering today is designated for hurricane relief. And a couple of weeks ago, we did this as well. We were giving toward needy families and churches in the Houston area after <clears throat> Harvey. And we have Churches of God, uh, the, the Latino churches in Houston area. There's big, thriving work there. And uh, many of them had damage to their homes, churches, things like that. So we gave toward that, and you all responded. You did an amazing job there. We gave nearly $12,000 toward relief for Harvey victims. So thank you so much for that. Then came Irma and swept through the Caribbean and Florida. And we have, again, a thriving work in the Caribbean. And many churches were damaged. A few of them were destroyed completely. A couple of Christian schools um, pastors, homes, things like that. And so we are doing this once again this morning. This offering, unless otherwise designated, goes toward hurricane recovery. And we're not one of those organizations that takes 80% and sends 20% to the actual work. This is 100% goes actually to this project. There's no overhead involved here, okay? So if you are, if you are not designating your giving today, it will go toward that. Uh, if you use mobile giving, um, texting to an amount to 84321, then please put the amount, a space, and then hurricane, and that will designate it, okay? So uh, that's what our offering is for today, and Strong Tower is going to sing for us uh, while we receive our offering, and Pastor Joe will bring us a message from this morning.
lily of the valley Let your sweet aroma fill my life Rose of Sharon, show me How to grow in beauty in God's sight Fairest of ten thousand Make me a reflection of your light Day stars shine down on me Let your love shine through me in the night Lead me, Lord, I'll follow Anywhere you open up the Speak to me, show me what I've never seen before. Lord, I want to be your witness. You can take what's wrong and make it right. Daisies shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the seen a world that's dying wounded by the master of deceit groping in the darkness haunted by the years of past defeat but when I see you standing near me shining with compassion in your eyes Jesus shine down on me let your love shine through me in the night lead me Lord I'll follow anywhere you open up the door let your Show me what I've never seen before. Lord, I want to be your witness. Yes, you can take what's wrong and make it right. Day stars shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the night. Lead to me, show me what I've never seen before.
Lord, I want to be your witness. You can take what's wrong and make it right. Taste or shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the night. Taste or shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the night. Thank you for the offering. This morning, I know they will be very grateful when they receive it. If you would please uh, open your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 18. In just, uh, just a few moments, we're going to be coming to the table, to the Lord's table. And, and actually, Pastor Jim is going to lead us in our time of communion. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about the matter of prayer. And more specifically, I want to challenge us in the area of bold, desperate, passionate, persistent prayer. And honestly, I, I'm sorry, I'm just kind of opening my heart to you. Those words, unfortunately, do not typically describe my prayer time. Let me just say those words again. Bold, desperate, passionate, persistent. To save time, let's uh, quickly jump into the passage that will anchor our thoughts, and you should have your Bibles open. I'll be reading this morning from the New Living Translation, um, Luke chapter 18, uh, the first, uh, let me see, eight verses. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show them that they must never give up. Here's the story. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who was a godless man with great contempt for everyone. So we would probably say a rascal. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, appealing for justice against someone who had harmed her. The judge ignored her for a while, but eventually she wore him out. I fear neither God nor man, he said to himself, but this woman is driving me crazy. I know some people like that. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this evil judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who plead with him day and night? Did you catch that? Day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when I... The Son of Man return, how many will I find who have faith? Now, I have to say that I love the parable of this persistent widow. And again, without disrespecting her today, I'm not sure we would call her persistent. We would have probably called her crazy. Now, we aren't told what the injustice was. The Bible said that someone had harmed her, so it was probably a crime against her, but someone suggested that maybe her son had been falsely imprisoned for a crime he didn't commit. 
Or, or maybe her daughter had been molested and the man who molested her was still on the streets. And, and we really don't know the details of the injustice, but whatever it was, this lady wouldn't allow the judge to ignore her. There was no quit in this woman. She literally kept hounding this judge, whom the Bible indicates was a godless, evil rascal. And he probably began to believe that this lady would literally keep knocking at his door until the day she got justice or until the day she died. Now, for a moment of application, let's just really kind of come in close to the fire this morning. Let me ask this question and think through this. Does that judge know about you? In other words, does God Almighty, the one who answers our prayers, does he know about you? Does he see you as persistent? Does he see you as someone that is desperate to have your prayers answered? Does he see you as being desperate enough to pray through the night? You know, I think too many times our prayers, and, and, and at least mine, are way too casual. And, and, and most of the time, there's nothing that resembles desperation in my prayer time. Yes, once in a while, you know, I'll really feel God's presence. There'll be, there'll be some tears that, that'll come down my face. But, but I'm sorry to say that most of the time, and again, just opening my heart to you, there's little desperation. There's little passion. There's little persistence. And I think that that can be said about most of our prayers. And, and so many times we pray, nothing happens, and we're actually okay with it because we weren't expecting anything to happen anyway. And I wonder if many times it boils down to the fact that we only pray because we know that's what we're supposed to do. We pray because we've been taught that that's our spiritual duty. And so we we fulfill our our little prayer duty. We go our merry way feeling good because we said a quick bless me and bless my family and bless so-and-so prayer. And we walk away feeling pretty good. Now, notice that the persistent widow's methodology was unorthodox. In fact, It was probably wrong. She technically should have waited for her day in court. I mean, going to the personal residence of the judge crossed a professional line. In fact, I'm almost surprised the judge didn't file a restraining order against her. But, But I want you to listen to this. This is so important because this reveals something about the nature of God. It reveals that God couldn't care less about protocol. God isn't interested in in rituals and traditions. God isn't interested in doing what we've always done to get what we've always gotten. God doesn't give a rip about procedures. And of course, from the perspective of the Pharisees, that was part of the problem with Jesus. I mean, they felt that Jesus was out of the box. He was off the wall. He was a maverick. One example comes from those who became his disciples. When Jesus went to choose his disciples, who were the ones that you think would have been the logical choices? I mean, the Pharisees. Why? Because they were the religious people. They kept the letter of the law. Their background checks would have been squeaky clean. No speeding tickets. No forgot to buckle my seatbelt citations. No forgot to pay my property tax notices. No signs in the front yard saying that your grass is too tall. I mean, from the law's perspective, they were perfect, squeaky clean model citizens. But Jesus didn't choose the model citizens as his disciples. And that became the way that Jesus ministered. He blew people's minds by doing stuff that was very non-traditional and even considered inappropriate, such as he spent time with the poor. He physically touched the lepers. You know, we don't even want to get close to somebody that's got a cold. We grabbed the hand sanitizer, but Jesus touched highly 
contagious lepers. Jesus hung out with immoral people. And, and Jesus commended things that we would have condemned. For example, we would have condemned. Now, now, listen to this. We would have condemned a prostitute crashing a party to anoint Jesus' feet. But Jesus commended her. Wow. We would have laughed and, and, and hooted and hollered at a despised tax collector who climbed a tree in his three-piece suit just to get a glimpse of Jesus. But Jesus praised him. And then for the four guys who, who without permission, chopped a hole in someone's roof in order to lower their sick friend into the room, we would have called the cops. But Jesus honored them. And then in our parable this morning, an act that we would have condemned in the harshest of terms, a crazy lady knocking and knocking at the personal residence of a judge. I mean, most of us would have said she should be arrested. But Jesus was impressed. And he commended her. I don't know if you realize, but the common denominator in each of these stories is that people went to desperate measures to get to God and, and God honored them for it. And let me tell you something, nothing has changed today. God is still honoring spiritual desperados who crash parties and climb trees. God is still hearing those who defy protocol with bold prayers. God is still honoring those who pray with audacity. And this woman that we would have called crazy and nuts and loony is selected as the gold standard when it comes to praying with persistence. And that became the reason that her request was granted. You know, Mark Batterson, and it doesn't matter what your opinion is, is of him, but he's, he's a pastor and has done a really good job and author and speaker at conferences. A few might have, might have heard him. And, but he makes this statement. He says, the viability of our prayers is not contingent on scrabbling the 26 letters of the English alphabet into the right combinations like abracadabra. God already knows the last punctuation mark before we pronounce the first syllable. The viability of our prayers has more to do with intensity than vocabulary. It has more to do with desperation than a beautiful, well-formed prayer. And so I think there are defining moments in life when we need to prove to God that we mean business. And I don't mean business as usual. In fact, it's only when business as usual goes out of business that we're in business when it comes to our father's business. Did you get that? Let me say it again. It's only when business as usual goes out of business that we're in business when it comes to our father's business. Because that's when we're on the verge of a spiritual breakthrough. You know, John Sexton uh, pastors a church plant in, in North Carolina called Relevant Truth Church. And, and God is doing amazing things at RTC, Relevant Truth Church. And people who wouldn't normally darken the doorway of a church are finding a relationship with Jesus at an indoor skate park that's been converted into a sanctuary. But like many church plants, there was more vision than money. They were facing the termination of their lease if they couldn't come up with the $3,500 of rent. And then Pastor Josh got an idea. He had one of the church leaders come to the front during a worship service, and he handed him a can of spray paint and, and asked him to paint a circle on the stage. And that's when Josh told the church that he wasn't going to leave the circle until God made provision for the church. With his wife's blessing, he brought in a bed and ordered a porta potty. All he had was his Bible and his prayer journal. Three times away, his, uh, three times a day, his wife brought him meals. 
Pastor Josh came to the place of desperation. And if this thing was going to work, God was going to have to show up. And, and he was planning on staying in that circle until God did something huge. It was crazy, wasn't it? Well, maybe it wasn't so crazy. Maybe our normal is subnormal. Again, we pray and, and nothing happens and we're okay with it. I mean, do you think that is what God had in mind when he said pray without ceasing? Is that what he had in mind when he said in the book of Hebrews to come to the throne of God with boldness and confidence? Is that what he had in mind when he said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it? Is that what he had in mind when he said, if two or more agree on something, it will be done? And understand, I'm not advocating weirdness. I'm not advocating that we get into public stunts for attention. But again, I want to drive home the fact that I pray and probably most of us pray little quick, bless God and bless my family and bless me and bless a couple of people prayers. And we feel good about it because that way we can tell them on Sunday, I'm praying for you, brother. Is that God, what God had in mind? I don't think so. When it comes to praying, I believe God had in mind a type of desperation that drove this lady to keep knocking on the door of this evil and wicked judge until he responded. So when it comes to our praying, maybe we need a new normal. You know, from the Bible, bold prayers are normal. Elijah's bold prayer on Mount Carmel should be the normal. He prayed, and what was it? A two or three year drought came to an end. Moses' bold prayers of praying in the wilderness, manna coming down from heaven, quail flying in, water coming out of a rock. Maybe that should be the normal. Paul's bold prayers in the New Testament where demons were cast out, people were healed. Maybe that should be the normal. Now back to Pastor Josh staying inside that circle. And, and, and I know there may be naysayers who find fault with Josh's approach, approach. And honestly, I would be one of the naysayers. I would be critical of that approach and say, you know, you're sens- sensationalizing this. You're trying to draw attention to yourself. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't want to come, come across as advocating that we need to do stunts like that. But, but after reading this parable, I'm convinced that maybe Pastor Josh was probably closer to the norm than Jesus, that Jesus had in mind than my prayer life is close to the norm. I, I wonder if we need to ramp up the desperation in our prayers. Let me uh, let me close with this. Back in the first century before Christ, there was a man named Honi Ha Ma'agel, and, and uh, we'll just call him Honi for obvious reasons. This story is not documented in the Bible, so don't be looking for it. This story is actually found in what is called the Mishnah. The Mishnah is a Jewish oral version of the Torah or the Law, and and, and the mission is not considered to be inspired by God, and it's not even really completely trustworthy within Orthodox teachings. So Honey's story may be true, may be partially true, or it could be just a legend. But anyway, during this period of time, there was a terrible drought in the land of Israel, and it, it was already in the particular month that normally signaled the end of the rainy season, but no rains had fallen, and, and the country was in trouble. So the people sent for Honey. Honey was known as someone that knew how to pray. And so the Mishnah records that, that Honey began to pray for rain, but still no rains fell. Well, then he did something really radical. He drew a circle in the dirt and stood in the middle of it. And, and raising his hands to heaven, he vowed, God, I will not move from the circle until you send rain. Well, as the story goes, immediately a few drops of rain fell, hissing as they struck the hot white stones. But the people complained to Honey, this is... 
but a poor excuse for rain. So Honey turned back to heaven and cried, Not for this trifling drizzle did I ask, but for enough rain to fill wells and cisterns and, and, cisterns and ditches. And, and the story goes that at that time the heavens opened up and poured down rain in buckets, each drop big enough to fill a soup ladle. The wells and the cisterns overflowed, and, and the desert was even flooded. And, and the people of Jerusalem had said that they ran to the safety of, uh, of the Temple Mount. And they cried, Honey! Save us, or we will all be destroyed like the generation of the flood. Stop the rains, Honey. And Honey said to them, You know, I was glad to ask God to end your misery, but how can I ask for an end to your blessings? Well, the people pled with him, and he finally agreed to pray for the rain to stop. And he said, Bring an offering of thanksgiving. And they did. And Honey said to God, The people that you brought out of Egypt can take neither too much evil nor too much good. Please give them what they ask so that they may be happy. And according to this account in the Mishnah, whether it's true or not, I don't know. But it says that God sent a strong wind that blew away the fierce rains. And, and then Shimon, who was the head of the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem, he said to Honey, I should excommunicate you for your audacity. But how can I since God coddles you as a father does his young child and gives you whatever you ask? Again, I don't know if this story has any legitimacy or not, but Honey was ultimately honored for the prayer that saved a generation. And just for the record this morning, the Sanhedrin, the nitpickers, the voices of negativity still exist in every church. But don't let them keep you from desperate praying. And by the way, Pastor Josh didn't just, didn't just get $3,500 for rent, but he got so much more. God began to work miracle after miracle. And did you know that that pattern is repeated in Scripture over and over? Miracles are often the offspring of desperate praying. So do you want God to answer some prayers? As a church, do we want God to answer prayers? This week, could we leave our casual, take it or leave it? civic duty style of praying and become bold and desperate and persistent and yes this week I was so convicted and I think it was Thursday or Friday morning I came into the sanctuary and I was just confessing my oh, my take it or leave it approach to prayer and the first step I believe just comes from confessing that and so as we wrap up this segment of our, our service this morning, maybe we could just confess, God, I've been too casual. I, I've been just take it or leave it. I, I haven't been persistent. I, I haven't been desperate. Could we maybe just confess that to God this morning and ask Him that this week that we would quit worrying about protocol that we might be persistent and desperate like this widow that had been harmed and she wanted justice, kept knocking. This week, could we do that? Just knock on the door, on heaven's door. And I believe that God will honor that request, that persistence, just as he did the persistence of this lady. Lord, 
I don't know why we all struggle with this. Lord, I know that we, you don't want us to get into gimmicks and things like that that would just bring attention to us. That's not God honoring. But Lord, I believe that we need a, a level of seriousness. I believe that it would please you for us to become spiritual desperados to where we pray and we knock. We don't give up. We're bold. Lord, that we would just sometimes pray through the night. God, forgive me for my lack of prayer. Forgive me for my lack of intensity. Lord, I know it's not the volume of it. It's not how many tears you shed. It's not that. We can get into all of that kind of stuff. We can get into emotion. We can get into all of that kind of weird stuff. And Father, that's not what we want. But we need genuine praying where there's desperation, where there's intensity, where there's persistence. And Lord, where there would be no quit in us. where We would not take no for an answer. Lord, all of that, of course, needs to be structured around your will. We know we're supposed to pray according to your will. And, and we don't want to try to tear down the door whenever you're, you're, you're keeping the door closed. That's not it. But God, I pray that for us as, as your people here at this church, that, that we would learn what it is to, to pray. And, and Lord, even though Honey, we don't know if that's, a, if that's just a legend or a story, if it's true or partially true. We don't know that. But, but Father, I pray that we would be known to you as someone that, that does pray. And, and God, that uh, when we come to you, that, that you would be ready for us and you would be used to us and, and you would know us because we are frequent, frequenting just our time of prayer at the throne of God. And so, Father, I pray that you would just uh, help us to pray with intensity this week and that you would give us some answers to prayer. Lord, I believe there are some relatives that need to come to know you. And I, I believe, Lord, that whenever we pray with desperation, that will happen. There are some people that maybe need a healing touch. And, and Lord, let us pray with faith, believing. And, and there may be some financial needs here. There may be some emotional needs. There may be some other situations that we don't know about. But I pray, God, that in our prayer, our, our, our desperate praying, you would be found and that you would answer. Lord, I thank you. I pray this in the strong, powerful, wonderful name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Pastor Jim. Well, today, today as we move into our time of communion, We've just been reminded of the importance of the intense, persistent prayer. And I think one of the things that hinders our prayers most often is we don't honor the body and blood of Jesus, His sacrifice for us, His purchasing our redemption as we go into our prayer times and as we start asking God for things when maybe He doesn't have all of us. Does that make sense? Um, but when we go into a time of communion, something that's neglected sometimes is the fact that the Lord's Supper is a celebration. It's a solemn celebration, but it's a celebration. Uh, there are so many different ways that different churches do communion. There's so many different names for it even. The Lord's Supper, Eucharist, the Table of Remembrance, the Lord's Table, etc. And... Some of, some of that confusion in different methods has caused a lot of people to get in a bad mood right away when we start talking about it. 
But it, it's a celebration. It's a time for us to come together and remember and celebrate the body and blood of Jesus, His sacrifice for us, and His victory over death. It's about celebrating the freedom from sin that His ultimate sacrifice brought us. Are you ashamed of your past, either your distant past or just your past of this morning coming to church? Have you messed up? Then as you examine yourself, as the Scripture directs you to do this morning, God will show you the things that you need to confess. And you might feel some shame, and as Joe mentioned, yeah, we need to feel shame if we're guilty. But we don't stay there. We run to Jesus. Right now, do that and acknowledge, confess that you've sinned. You knew better. You messed up anyway. You went the wrong direction. You admit that. But we also realize that what we're doing today is not only remembering Jesus' sacrifice, but remembering His victory, His big win over sin. And He brought, He bought your freedom from those things you're ashamed of, whether they're in your distant past or even if they're five minutes ago. So acknowledge your sins for what they are and ask forgiveness, but also celebrate because this bread and this juice represents the broken body and spilled blood that paid the penalty for those sins. Let's start this solemn celebration and let's lift our hearts in praise to Him as we remember His sacrifice for us. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is My body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. So let's do this, knowing that God loves us unconditionally. Look honestly over the last, say, 24 hours. Everything that happened, how we feel about what happened. Do we have something to be grateful for? Then we give thanks. Is there something we're sorry for? Then we ask forgiveness. Take some time to examine ourselves as the Scripture says. Are we recognizing the body and blood of the Lord? That is... Have I accepted His forgiveness of sin, purchased by His body broken on the cross? Have I confessed my sins to Him? Am I living in obedience to His Word? Let's just take a moment here and just think over the last day. Ask God to direct our hearts. Mark chapter 14, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. 
Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. So take a few moments to thank God for giving his son Jesus. Thank Jesus, our Savior, for dying on the cross, taking the death penalty that should have been ours so that we could have eternal life and forgiveness for our sins. When you feel you're ready, take as long as you like. Come to the front, take the bread, the juice, and remember that this bread and juice represents the body and blood of Jesus, which were given freely out of love for you. So just come as, as you're ready.